Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to CEO of Destiny podcast. This is your host, Andre J. Benjamin, and I hope that you are doing phenomenally, exceptionally, extraordinarily well. Why do I say that? Because I know that there is a choice that we make every day to choose to do well. That's what the Bible says. Choose to do well. Choose to do well. Learn to do well. Uh, Today, I want to talk about the role that we play as the church. Now, I know a lot of times we were taught to go to church. We're taught to go to a building. We're taught, I remember going up when I was a little kid and without fail, I had a family, uh, a mom that was one of those you are going to church. People call them drug babies, right? They say that's, I've heard that old joke. They say, I was a drug baby. You know, my mom always drug me to church. She, she drags you to church. That's how it was for me. I was told, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay, I get it. I love my mom. Very devout, very inspirational. At that time, I did not call it inspirational. I called it torture because we had to get up on those Sunday mornings, many a mornings, when I just had a great Saturday of playing video games, hanging out with my friend, riding bikes, racing, doing all kinds of cool kid stuff, reading comic books, going spending, splurging, getting candy, ice cream cone, Watched, used to watch Saturday night main event on wrestling, we were big fans of wrestling, dad used to make milkshakes, but then, oh, without fail comes Sunday morning, and it's back to go to church. Now, the music, to me, was okay, but once that person would get up there to start speaking, oh my goodness, I would fall out like a rock, I would fall asleep, that was my everyday MO, literally to the point to where my mom and my dad, who did not frequently go to church, but when he would to go, he would tell me, get up, go. They would pinch me. They said, go throw some water on your face. Go to the bathroom. And then I'd come back and I would go back into a deep sleep. It was like something was over my mind that kept me from being able to hear the word of God. Go figure. Because I'd end up someday listening and responding. But God knows what he was doing. So church, to me, was this place that was dreaded that I had to go to weekly. That's what it was. So when I came of age where they actually allowed me to make the choice, what do you think I did? I didn't go. It was like freedom. Oh my gosh, I get to do like the other kids. Little did I know that I didn't understand what the purpose of the church is. It says in uh, Matthew 16, when Jesus has that tremendous conversation with his disciples, he says, who do people say that I am? They say, some say that out thou, that you are, I don't know why I'm getting into King James, this, it always sounds better. Some say thou art Elias. Some say thy, thou art Jeremiah or John or one of the prophets of old. And he says, but who do you say that I am? So he asked, who do others say? Then he took it personal and said, but who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter gets a download from heaven. He gets an instant message. He gets a snap from heaven. Snap. He he hit him up, gave him a snap. He opened up the snap. Bam. And then he looks at everyone. He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, and I tell you, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is Jesus speaking to him. But my father, which is in heaven, and I tell you that you are little Petros. And on this uh, revelation and this confession that you've made, I will build my ecclesia, my called out ones, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So a couple of things we need to understand. 
What is the purpose of the ecclesia and why does this matter for you in business? It matters for you in business because we have to understand that the ecclesia was never, ever, 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 even the word that he used, he did not use the word for synagogue. He used this word for an assembling of senators, rulers, legislators that would come together and legislate the will of God in the earth, that they really would sit at the gates of the city. So, we have a commission. What is the Great Commission? If I were to ask most people in the USA, they would say, hey, preach the gospel. Go save some souls. Tell people that Jesus loves them. John 3.16 is when the Bible begins. All the other stuff doesn't even matter. It's just John 3.16. Well, no, we know that that's not the first place of the Bible. The first place is Genesis. And he told us to be fruitful and multiply. So he says, preach. Most people would say, preach the gospel. Save souls. Get people to be disciples, some people would say that. That's rare that people say that. Most people would just uh, be fine with people making a confession. But others who are a little bit more mature would say, make some disciples in different nations, plant churches, and we're all good. And then wait till heaven. Maranatha, come quickly. That would be our perspective. This is incorrect. Uh, one author uh, calls it the Greek Commission, Daryl Miller. And I uh, really commend his work on nations and development work. But he calls it the Greek Commission, um, where we are to get people saved, get them into a building separated from the world, so get them in the church and out of the world so that they would stop commingling with the world, then they will get into heaven. See, we see some of the scriptures on sanctification, and we take it to mean that we're supposed to stay in the church. So there is those that are all in the church and keep people out of the world, out of being around the world and then there's another group of people that go so much into the world we see some people in some congregations and their philosophy is to go so much into the world that they become indistinguishable they begin to look and act and participate and hold the same values as them so they are becoming part of the amorphous glob of sameness so there are three concepts of the world there's the physical world what's out there in creation, the sea and the world, there's people, which are our neighbors and friends. And number three, there's the world system, which is Babylon, evil systems. So we are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. We're supposed to be in the world, but not holding their systematic values, not holding their motivations, not adopting their culture. We are called to bring the kingdom system into the world. So that's the culture of heaven into the world or the cosmos or the governing systems. So what is the church? The church is not a building. We think that it's a building. So we say things like, I'm going to my Bible study group. I'm going to my small group. I'm going to a conference at the church. We're going to this physical location on this street or at this place, and that is where we're going. We go to do it, and it runs from one time to another. In the Western world, for most, it runs on Sunday, uh, which Dr. King, Martin Luther King, called the most segregated hour of the, of the, 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 the week which is crazy, but it runs on that day where the people go and we sit and we go through these rituals and routines and ceremonies and traditions. And then once that's done, ah, I appease. That's how religion works, human religion. It's like, ah, well, I appease God. I even dropped some money in the plate. You know, I sang a few songs. I got through it. Now slide to home base, go watch my favorite sporting event, um, get ready for the week and I'm good. And then we walk into our jobs on Monday and we have no power, no influence. So that is not what we're doing. We're not going. It's not this building. It is not a building. 
how does the New Testament speak of the church? Well, it's called the ecclesia. We were called to be light, salt. Uh, we were called to be agents of change. We were called to be ambassadors. We're called to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a people. So the ecclesia is a people and not a building. And the people may meet in buildings, in houses, in homes. They might meet in a car. They might meet in a coffee shop. They might meet on a football field. They might meet at a basketball game. They might meet at a soccer game. They might meet doing rugby. They might meet crocheting and knitting. They are meeting um, and they're discussing the values, holding fast to the apostles' teachings. So holding fast to the apostolic teachings. They are studying the scriptures. They are spreading it. They are explosive in their influence. So we are called to gather, but we're also we're, the, the two roles Daryl Miller says that I think are phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm reading some um, very key points on this that really touched my heart. Number one, we gather on our Sunday. And number two, we scatter on Monday. So the ecclesia is gathering together, coming together on their meeting day, whatever day you choose to meet. Some people it's Saturday. Some people uh, Friday sundown and go Saturday. And then others, they, do, they hold Sabbath. And then others come together on Sunday. So when they gather... It could be a Wednesday. They could gather, but then we're called to scatter on the other day. Scatter into the marketplace. Go out as those lights, as those arrows. So we are supposed to go into all places and act as the ecclesia. We aren't seeing discipling of nations happen because we're not acting as the ecclesia. We were called to act as the ecclesia, which means that we were called to influence, that people were to look at our life, look at our habit of life, look at our value system, look at how we treat others. Look at how we steward our resources. Look at how we take care of business. We are the best worker there. We are not taking shortcuts. We are doing an excellent level of work. People see our health and they admire our health. They see the improvements we're making in our health that we're not perfect, but we are stewarding our body as a temple of the Lord. People see our manner of communication and that we're honored, but we're not engaging in office politics and gossip. We're not stepping on people. We're not backbiting and undercutting. We don't believe in scarcity. We don't think that God is scarce in that. For us to get ahead, others have to suffer. But we have an abundant mentality. So we're not seeing discipling of nations happen as a result of us not acting as the ecclesia on Mondays. We've compartmentalized our life. This is called dualism. And we are not to be dualistic. A CEO of destiny is one who is integrated, who is going out and living their face before the face of God. They live in an open face before God. So we have to ask ourselves, what does our home look like, home life look like? What is the culture of our home? Are we importing heaven's culture into our household? Are we making disciples in our home? If we have, if we're first off starting with the disciple, you can be unmarried. Are you a disciple? That's where it starts. It starts in our own mind. If you are having children, if you have children, are you making disciples of your children? Are you influencing them to live the way that the righteous live, to value what the righteous value? Are you showing them the distinction and the difference? When they look at us, do they see that the television is our high value? I'm telling you, that's a battle for all of us, that our computer and our cell phones are our high value, that some books are our high value, or do they see that spending time with them is a high value, making sure that they are pointed in the right direction, teaching them your love for them and the Father's love for them, your spouse, how are you treating your spouse? So we have a goal and a responsibility to disciple the nation, that they should look at the ecclesia, see our marriages, see our parenting, see our educational structure, see the way that we treat people who are sick and infirm, see the way that we treat people who are elderly, see how we treat people that are the youngest and the most vulnerable amongst us, all the way to those who are in the grave. 
that God is for whole life care of people. So this episode was made in particular to encourage you to think about your life as an agent of change and your role as being a part of the ecclesia. If you have not yet yielded your heart to the King Jesus who gave his life for us, it says in Mark 10 that he did not come to uh, be a to be to be served, but he came to be a servant of all and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he paid a price and the price was his own precious blood. He perfectly yielded his life on our behalf that we'd be able to be reconciled back to the Father. So this is for you. This is for me. We have an opportunity and a responsibility to repent and turn back to him. Come change our way of thinking back to his way of thinking. So this episode was made for all of us, whether you're just a listener who stumbled upon the podcast because it was recommended by another or you saw us in the search engine and you are listening, I want to pray. Father, I ask that you would touch every listener, that you'd open up the eyes and the ears, you'd give people personal encounters with you, you'd help them out in the marketplace, you'd help them out in their personal lives. If there's someone that has not known you yet, I ask that you would reveal yourself to them, that their heart would become tender, that the gift of repentance would be granted unto them, that they would yield their life to the Lordship of the King, the Master, Jesus himself the Messiah, Yeshua, the King of all, who is returning soon, and that they would yield their life and their gift and start walking in their purpose and their destiny, that they find a place where they can serve, a church where they can be planted in, a community of people that they could be around and grow in fellowship. And I pray for those that are listening, that are planted already, that need inspiration and encouragement. And I ask that their ears would be exhorted, their hearts would be stirred, that they would find the scriptures and dig in and understand the role. They go back and study Matthew 16. They go back and look at the other passages that were mentioned and study them and look for a way to apply them. So bless every listener. I ask, I ask for your protection over them. I ask for healing to flow for any that need healing, healing in their families, healing in their relationships, healing in their bodies, drive out everything that would try to hinder and prevent them from walking in their calling and their destiny. And I thank you for all these things in the Master Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Shalom, shalom. Listen to the next episode. Listen to the previous episodes if you have not yet done that. Go ahead and do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast if it was helpful. Let others know about it and give us a five-star review. If it was unhelpful and useless, let's keep it our secret. CEOofdestiny.com has more resources for you to check out. Shalom. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.